listener, do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show tonight, first off. Really appreciate it, man. Hi, you're welcome. Glad uh, to be here. <laughs> yeah. Psyched to have you, man. Hey, I was going to ask you, uh, so so you, you did the Halloween 2018 novelization, uh, right. which you know just read this week myself and really enjoyed, enjoyed it a lot. It was great. Uh, how does something like that come to be? Like, How does one end up writing the, the novelization for this, this huge movie that, that so many people have been waiting for and comes out? Did, did they reach out to you or how'd that whole thing come to be? I had been working with Titan Books for the Supernatural novels, tie-in novels, and I did a grim novel for them. And the editor contacted me and said she thought I'd be perfect for Halloween. And I, since they're over in England, I got this email. It was like five in the morning. So I picked up my phone when I woke up and I saw this there. And it was just like this great present to wake up to. <laughs> yeah, sure. love- I'd love to do it love those emails man sometimes you get those yeah. emails and then you almost you get spoiled in a way you know you start to look for for good emails like that coming in the days you don't get them you start to get pissed off it's like, hey i always get those emails that are saying hey you owe this much to the irs and i'm like what <laughs> i thought i was caught situation. up <laughs> i thought i was caught up I, I love the the myers mask in the background man where'd that come from uh the Mars mask or the uh... the Myers mask, the, the oh, Michael Myers. Myers mask. <laughs> yeah, I I ordered that when uh, uh, I got the as soon as I got the job, I was like Halloweening up everything. <laughs> I got <laughs> the Funko Pop, I, I got T-shirts, <laughs> and uh, uh, I just saw that on, on uh, it was advertised. Uh, I can't remember the name of the store, but it's it was by the guy who designed the mask at the store, and I met him when I did a signing at Dark Delicacies, but. Uh, the last Halloween before the pandemic, I actually had the overalls and put on the mask and had the fake, you know, prop knife and went out in front of our house and I was freaking out all the neighborhood kids <laughs> under a tree. <laughs> so, it was fun doing that. My wife said I really got down the uh, Michael Myers movement. That's... Kind of so would you robotic, like, you know, standing there and very still and then moving deliberately and so does that help you with the uh, writing process to surround yourself with like something like that to kind of get the uh, creative juices flowing a little bit? I think by the time I got the mask, I was already done with the book. Oh, yeah. OK. So uh, I watched the original movie uh, before I even got the script. I knew the script was coming and uh, I hadn't watched it in a while. My wife watches it every year uh, for Halloween. So I see parts of it, you know, each year. But I had never sat down to watch one of these uh, rewatches start to finish until then so i wanted to get right into the the mode of michael myers and laurie and they told me that the movie would not use any of the sequels so that made my work a lot easier because i didn't have to go and watch yeah. all of the sequels to try to get up to speed on it where everything had gone so it was just taking that first movie as a jumping off point so yeah but i do have all these things around when i work on supernatural i've got stuff uh, i've got the model of the car and <laughs> I got things on my desk to get in the mood. So, oh, that's a huge thing too, man. Supernaturals, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's right up there with Halloween. As far as you know, the 
today's audience goes. Everybody loves that stuff. I know my wife does too. I did see where you uh, in the in the thank you section in the opener of the of the, of the book, you actually uh, thanked your wife, um, whose favorite horror movie was Halloween. So I bet she was super jacked up when she heard that that you got that. Yeah, I, I actually when I got the email, I like couldn't wait to tell her because I know she, she loves <laughs> that movie, and I thought you're not going to believe this. Was there? It just kind of it kind of fell out of the sky because I I didn't even know they were making the movie at that point, or I may have heard it vaguely. It's, I wrote it like three years ago, so it's hard to remember the exact timing of when news leaked out about it. But I know once I got the job, I wasn't allowed to tell anyone for the longest time. And they told me, oh, you'll be able to tell them uh, at comp by the time Comic-Con rolls around. So I'm waiting for Comic-Con. And I was writing it in April and May. And Comic-Con, I think, was July. Mm-hmm. I, and so I thought, okay, I'd wait till July before I can tell anybody. And then that came around. And I still couldn't tell anybody. So it was, I was like dying inside, dying to tell people what I was working on. So would you say that they're pretty strict on their rules in regards to the, that, like the novelization of, uh, of the screenplay? Yeah, this was my first uh, movie novelization. I had done a bunch of uh, original tie-in novels, you know, mm-hmm. going back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. I did the four Supernaturals. I actually wrote my last Supernatural the same year as the Halloween book. And I did one of the Grim, a Grimm novels for Titan also. And they're always original stories based on the show. And they're set during a particular season or during a certain time in the show. Mm-hmm. With Buffy and Angel, they had certain periods where the next few novels will take place during this period. But Supernatural, they always told me I could take it as far forward into the continuity as possible. So I would be, you know, watch an episode and I'd set mine after that episode. But of course, by the time the book comes out, it's a year later. So it feels right. like time. But while I'm writing it, it's very close. And with Halloween, it was the first time I've actually had to do an adaptation of a script. So you mm-hmm. got a script that's like 117 pages long and you need to turn that into a 360 page, 350 page novel. Yeah. So it was my first time doing that. So I, I was really excited about, you know, finally getting to do one of those. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's a hard thing to do. I have to imagine to to take something that's already there. And I imagine that, and we can talk about that as well. You're not allowed to like branch out or go further into it, but you have to add your own, your own spin to it. And I just from reading the book, I can tell you, man, it's, it's, it's fascinating reading it. The, the color that you add to it. I've seen the movie, you know, 20 friggin' times, but reading the book, I, I'm actually gleaning some new stuff. Uh, so some new senses, someone else's take from it. Uh, one of the coolest things that I thought you did, uh, that I wanted to ask you about was, and I don't know if you, did you, by the way, did you read any of the other Halloween movie novelizations before you did this? No, I wanted to read the, uh, the original one, but it was it's so hard to find that. Yeah. Yeah. If you do find it, it's very costly. Yeah. It, you it, usually have to meet a man by like a back alley. Like he gives you like a paper sack <laughs> or something. Like, and you can, clandestine. Yeah. Yeah. That can be found on the internet, by the way. You don't have to pay so much to get it there. Uh, if you ever want to know, let, let me know. I, I can get it to you. But they, because uh, uh, we did the same thing. We had to read it. We didn't actually have the novel. We had to read it online. But one of the coolest things I thought was, and the original book did this as well, which I thought was really neat. You got to, even though you had to follow the, the plot line of the movie a lot, you know, you had to do exactly what the script said, I'm sure. You got to talk from the POV of Michael Myers a little bit. And he wasn't mm-hmm. like talking to himself, but in the, right. in the text, the text would go to uh, italicized or however you say that. Uh, it, yeah. it would go to that and you would be like, okay, this is from Michael's point of view. And yeah, there present, would be present tense too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And he, the, what I, one of the most fascinating things in the book is when you're like, you know, he would breathe, he would squeeze his knife, he would let go. It was all impulse, no actual thought. There were so many different things that you layered into that. 
when you did that, were they was there any pushback on that whatsoever? Did they say, hey, you can't you can't say that Michael's feeling this way or thinking this way? Did they did they try to like squeeze that down at all? Or did they just let you go with it? No, they let me go with it. Uh, That's I, awesome. I told my editor my my thought process was that he's always in the moment. So that's why I changed the tense because I, I just wanted him to be very visceral, very now and just reacting to what he sees and what he does and, and not go beyond that, not, not have a grand plan. And that seemed to work well with the script too. So she thought that was a good idea. So we stuck with it. And at that time, I didn't know if the studio would be okay with that, but apparently they were fine with it. So we, we let it roll that way. That's awesome. It was cool, man. It was one of my favorite parts of the book. Thanks. So, uh, so uh, when you're adapting the screenplay, though, what's one of the first things that um, as a novelist that you focus on? Is it the uh, I mean, I, obviously, all of these are important, but what would be the number one thing that you maybe focus on uh, the character, the tone, the atmosphere, the setting? Is there any specific thing like that you look at first that you want to like develop and flesh out before you get started on the other stuff surrounding it? Well, what I did was. Uh... As I said, I watched the movie again uh-huh. for the first time, start to finish that I hadn't watched in a while. And that's in the back of my mind. So I get the script and I'm picturing the script being in a similar vein, a similar mm-hmm. style. And when the movie came out and it was kind of like, a, it was re- a really weird psychic <laughs> experience for me watching the movie because there was the, the version of the movie in the script Oh. version of the movie in my book and then the version of the movie that was the final cut mm-hmm. and it was like three different stories told three different ways so when i was watching the movie in the theater i was having this kind of reaction of being like this almost like a split personality like that that wasn't the book or they added this they yeah. added this that wasn't in the revised script and it's new or they cut something that was put in and taken out so i'm kind of like seeing three movies at the same time when i'm watching oh yeah wow yeah so when I was writing it, my favorite thing to do is write suspense. You know, mm-hmm. It goes back to all my books. So I focus on suspense and horror provides a lot of reasons to have suspense. So when I wrote the book, I was emphasizing the suspensive scenes or trying to. So I don't know how well I succeeded, but that was my goal. Watching the movie, it was the movie is more edited like a thriller. Yeah. So that was even kind of a difference to me because, you know, my the one thing my wife loves about the original movie is that it kind of lingers on the suspenseful aspects and draws them out till it becomes unbearable. Mm-hmm. And the movie was cut like a much faster pace. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it's kind of a reflection of like modern audience tastes, like the, the shorter attention spans for movies and ever since MTV, you know, quick right. movie cuts. So in my mind, I'm kind of building the movie the way I might have built it in the book, if you know what I mean. Like I'm trying yeah. to envision the movie as and what helped was getting, it helped in terms of the visuals, but after I'd already started writing it, I got access to the uh, picture archive. So on-set photos. So I could wow. see well, what the uniforms of the police look like, what people were wearing, how the actors and actresses look in their roles, because they might not look like how they look on their IMDb photo. Yeah. Right. They're made up differently, they have different hair color or different hairstyle. Mm. So it, it gave me the visuals of, all the actors and actresses in this role. And when I'm writing it, I'm picturing like the movie I would cut, but with their visuals. So okay. once I had that, that's kind of how I'm writing. So I'm, I'm going for heavier suspense, probably more 
uh, gore than the script had in it and the movie as well. So, so it's like using the script as like storyboard and right. then you're okay. I get you. Okay. That's pretty So like the things that. I would do is I extended scenes. I added some new scenes. Uh, they had uh, revisions while I was writing it. They mm -hmm. did a reshoot after a test screening. Mm -hmm. And I, I was writing it sequentially. So most oh. of the revisions, the reshoots were for the end of the movie. So I had read how it was originally going to end, which was kind of a lot more open-ended. Mm -hmm. But by the time I got to write those sections, I had gotten the revised pages. So yeah. I was adjusting to that too. Is that pretty frustrating and, overall when they do that? Uh, it wasn't too bad since I hadn't uh, actually written that section. Mm -hmm. But for instance, I didn't get access to that uh, uh, picture archive until after I was into the into the book. So one of the things that was really different was when the podcasters meet Michael Myers on that courtyard. Mm -hmm. the description in the script really didn't tell you what what it looked like. So I had this whole different oh. thing with trees and paths and, and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And then I see this I see this the picture archive <laughs> after I've already written that. It's like this is like a checkerboard pattern. There's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. completely yeah, yeah. empty. And there's not that much description in the script to tell you that. So oh. I was just picturing in my head what this looked like. I thought it'd be the like, peaceful, tranquil area to, to keep the, the patients calm. And it was completely different. So that I'd makes sense. Back, <laughs> yeah. I'd go back and change, change the whole scene and move people yeah. around from where they were in my original scene. Yeah, the checkerboard oh, might not have been the best option because it, it, I don't know if it's going to inspire tranquil. No. as much as what you're seeing with yeah so right. it was very very stark so i mean there were some of the challenges that when i started i didn't have the visuals i didn't know what the prison bus looked like originally oh wow okay. so i'm trying i'm looking up uh pictures of prison buses online and trying to picture what this is going to look like and Jeez. how they're chained to the floor so it really helped right. having those pictures and uh, i'm trying to remember it was like three years ago but i think there was something like thirty-five thousand photos wow okay Jesus. they weren't in order and they were oh, no so you might have that prison scene i thought they had no pictures and we get like twenty thousand deep and i say okay here's the pictures from that oh yeah it was buried under the other twenty thousand. <laughs> like, so like, like i thought okay there were no pictures i'll just make up what i think it'll yeah. look like and then twenty thousand photos later i start seeing pictures of that scene because it's not in order that's wild so, well, you mentioned the bus, and that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about too. Because in the movie, um, they do a weird thing. So, so the, the the bus scene happens off screen, basically. Michael Myers' escape right. happens off screen. Uh, there was some uh, speculation that a lot of people thought, "Hey, maybe maybe it wasn't actually Sartain, like it seems like it was, who did this, but maybe Laurie." before the dinner scene had gone and done this, trying to break him loose. Uh, yeah. The book, I think, puts that to bed. Uh, because if you read the book, you can see Lori being surprised that he's been let out in her like inner monologue or whatever. So I right. thought that was interesting. Um, it also put to bed the fact that Aaron, the podcaster, uh, some people thought he was alive. But in the book, they finally say hey, he almost made it, but he eventually was a dead body. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that you kind of the book kind of answered two of the questions some of the people who watched the movie had is, is the podcaster actually dead and did Lori do this and I think it answered both those questions but one thing it while it added to the to the scene of of the bus about what actually happened there's a scene uh an inner monologue almost for uh Sartain where he wakes up in the hospital and he's starting to remember all the stuff that happened and he kind of has a little panic attack and he has to calm himself down right cuz he's remembering uh seeing the bus driver have his throat slit and start to turn the wheel endlessly and that whole thing. Um, 
I'm taking the long way around, but what I'm kind of getting into is when you wrote that in your mind, did Sartain cause that, that, that bus to crash? Did he help Michael make that happen when you were writing it at least? Well, that's part of the reshoot because initially it was a lot, it was a lot more vague because I think they wanted it to be a big twist at the end. Mm. But then I think with the test screenings, people, it was so vague that people felt cheated. Like, you know, he didn't do that. So in the reshoots, uh, aside from the ending changing, they put in some uh, flashbacks, like memory flashbacks of him in the hospital. And they put in uh, more flashbacks of uh, Laurie's daughter growing up, like what her childhood was like. And then in, when I see the final film, it's like the stuff they put back in, they then cut back out. The Sartain stuff, they kind of trimmed it back. So I think they thought they were giving away too much after not giving enough and then took out some again. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, was that was and, so was there was there actually scenes of Sartain helping him? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, oh that's I mean, OK. That was going to be the twist that he wasn't going to be uh, like the original doctor, you know, who was on Nari's side. The twist was going to be that he helped Michael. And I, I, I mean, I didn't see the test screening. I didn't talk. But judging upon what the revised pages look like, it seemed like they felt like they hadn't. I don't want to say earned it, but they didn't drop enough breadcrumbs for for people to say, oh, he, he must have helped them. So I can't remember now how much they left in versus how much they took out of those reshoot pages. Yeah. So that, that's one of the things I was trying to get at earlier when I said seeing the movie was kind of strange for me because yeah. I, I had read the original script and then I had read the revised pages and what was in the movie is kind of a combination of that plus some scenes that weren't in either script or the reshoot pages. And for instance, the uh, the dance had more more scenes in the script than ended up in the movie. Right. Yeah, it's and, definitely more prevalent in your book. There's a lot. There's like a whole extra chapter of the dance scenes. Yeah, I kind of got the impression that part of the editing process, and again, this is me speculating. I don't know firsthand, but it almost seemed like they tried to build up Laurie's role by removing some Allison scenes. So the percentage that, yeah. this mm. percentage shifts to Laurie because you have less of Allison, if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. That definitely makes sense. Especially so I think since they want to the play song. up the Laurie versus Michael, so they kind of tamp down on the Allison stuff a bit, like the jogging part was in the script. Mm-hmm. And, and the that dog, made the deleted scene. that The, the dogs that hung in the tree, yeah. Yeah. So that stuff was in there, and I think initially I thought it was supposed to be like a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Like Laurie was handing her role over to Allison. Allison would be the new Laurie in any future movies. So I kind of had the feeling writing it that, okay, they're saying, okay, this is the passing of the torch. But I think they backed off that a bit in the movie and made it more Laurie versus Michael. And even the second poster has them, you know, face to face, literally mm-hmm. on the movie poster. The poster, the original poster just has Michael's face on it. And that's what they use for my, my novelization. Do you feel that uh, Dr. Sartain um, <clears throat> could have had a bigger... Uh, impact in the film if they had done a certain like i mean because you know watching the film is totally different from the novelization and like i feel like they were going to go like you mentioned a certain way with that character and they ultimately wind like wind up not doing that do you feel like that character could have been more impactful had they gone a different route did you enjoy writing that character or or do you just feel like it was just not like executed in a way that probably should have been or could have been executed yeah because it was a point of contention for fans the start yeah a lot lot of fans so many people off it was crazy 
Yeah, I got the feeling people didn't like that at all. Yeah, that one specific. That scene might be anyway, why yeah. they the why they cut some of the scenes. Yeah. Because uh, I guess they didn't want to just recreate Donald Pleasance too. Mm -hmm. the movie. They wanted to have something different, and that was their twist. You know, passing of the torch, have Sartine not be on her side, be against her. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have an opinion one way or the other. I know in the original script, it was a lot more am ambiguous. I even, after I read it, I emailed my editor. I said, are you sure this is the final script? Because <laughs> I said, it doesn't yeah. seem like, I almost feel like I was missing a couple pages because uh, I had been told or expected that this was it, this, this was it, this was the end. Okay. And when it ended, it was, I don't know if it's in the deleted scenes or not, with Michael just sitting in that area where uh, Laurie has the mannequins for shooting practice. It was not in a deleted scene. So a lot of people want to see it, but they haven't. He's just breathing heavily. And it's like, well, is he going to eventually die or is he eventually going to stand up and be fine? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my breath and get a brisk yeah, iced I, tea. I, I and need my be... second to win. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll be ready to go again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just thought I'm missing something. This doesn't feel like it's the end. Like, is there another page or two? Mm -hmm. So I contacted her and make sure that this was actually the final, final script. And she checked and said, yep, that's the final script. So I started working and then I was probably a week or two into it. And then I, I heard they were doing reshoots and I thought I might get a whole new script, but instead I just got the revised pages. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, well, so, so in, in that ending, and there's been a lot of talk about, I was going to ask you about that as well uh, with the reshoots, uh, the original ending, versus what ended up happening it was still even a little bit different um and what they what happens in your book a lot of the stuff in your book follows so closely to the movie and like matches up so perfectly uh and the the stuff the the most stuff that does not actually match up i felt like came in the ending in your book she's got a handgun in the movie she's got a rifle uh little things like that and then with the ending when he falls down the steps and he's laying there uh in the book they go ahead and they light it on fire and he's still laying down with one leg up and they, they light the whole thing on fire and walk away from it. Uh, in the movie, he's already up in the, he's already up in the, you know, the, the bars and holding on and looking them face first. I really mm -hmm. loved by the way, how in your book you explained what he was feeling when he was doing that, how he, when he was trying to break through the bars, his skin was burning. He could feel pain. I don't, not that he could feel pain, but he was just focused on the mission no matter what. Um, is there anything else from that, from the original ending that you remember that happened? So I guess they, they had their fight and she knocks him off the roof, right? Or he knocks her off the roof and then she's gone. But at the end of that battle, they end up outside and then he's just sitting against a tree. Is that uh, kind of what it was? Yeah, something like that. Like I said, I have multiple versions of the movie slash book in my head. Mm -hmm. But there was one part where she has to knock him down the steps and she should have a gun. And in the script, it's like they forgot about the gun. So I, yeah, I felt true, like yeah. I needed to account for what happened to the gun. Why she's not, why she's looking for something to hit him with when she has a gun, shoot him. Right. <laughs> so the gun kind of got lost in the script and I thought, well, something they're going to fix in post-production or, you know, whatever. Uh, like, yeah, like a George Lucas a digital gun or something. <laughs> like, <added laughs> yeah, like even when, when, yeah. when, uh, when Allison closes the closet door and it bounces off his shoe, that's not in the script. The door okay closed, yeah so. or it's partly open but you know little things like that change i thought something like that's going to happen with with the gun but i think in the, in the original script uh there's a scene with a crossbow out in the front lawn and everything's taking place in the front lawn 
And that was all changed because the cage and the house being this prison for him, none of that was in the original script. Oh, wow. Okay. So they added all that back. And in those ending pages where they show her checking all the, the cage doors to be able to lock him in there to make it more a more active plan rather than a passive plan to just attack him, you know, to be luring him into this trap. So that was a big change with the script too. To so the original was more like easy. a knockdown, drag him out kind of fight to the yeah. end. And like then they added on, the all hands on deck, all yeah. hands on deck. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Was so, you have one uh, you preferred more? Uh, I think either one would have worked, but I felt like that original ending just felt like it wasn't an ending. I mm. felt like we needed something else. So, I mean, there's a thing in, in movies that they want the actors to be active and not passive. So I think by changing it to a trap, it makes the whole thing a little more active for Laurie, that she's not just, you know, this crazy woman living back in the woods. She actually right. had a plan to, to have Michael trapped and destroy him there. So I think that works better than what they had originally. Yeah, she home aloneed it. She she made sure she yeah. home aloneed it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I know it was three years ago, but um, while you were writing it, uh, was there was there anything like about the the screenplay or while writing it that you really enjoyed? Was there a you know like a you know exploring the Michael Myers mythos, or was there a character that you really got drawn to that you're like, man, I would really like to spend more time here? Was there anything specific that you remember that you really enjoyed? more so than anything else. Well, one of the, the strange experiences for me, since this was my first movie novelization, mm -hmm. is that once I saw the pictures of the actors playing the parts, it was a new experience for me because I was, I was writing the scenes where they're being killed. And I found that once I could see their pictures in these scenes, it kind of made it more real for me. Mm -hmm. like I, I got more emotionally attached. Because it wasn't just a theoretical character in my head. Right. It was actually this person. Like I could picture this person dying, like in, in the bathroom scene, in the restroom. Mm -hmm. So things like that, I was surprised that it upset me as much as it did. Because yeah. as a horror writer, I'm, I'm used to killing all characters <laughs> all the time. But usually they're characters that you know, I've created in my head and they only live in my head. And... And when I kill them, it's it's more abstract. But when mm -hmm. when I'm seeing these pictures of these apples, and I, I didn't see a, I didn't see a film version of it before writing. It. Just seeing the stills was enough for that connection, the emotional connection. To the right. That it that, makes that sense. Well, also, I mean, the, the, this movie is different than most slashers, uh, even though slashers aren't as prevalent as they used to be. It used to be the characters that were getting killed off were characters you hated and were annoying anyways. What mm -hmm. they did that was interesting, I thought, with Halloween 2018 was you liked them. Uh, some mm -hmm. of the characters were likable. And the movie, actually, when it came out, they were more likable than they were in the script of the book. Uh, Dave, for instance, one thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Dave's death. It happens off screen in the movie. In the movie, you don't actually see him die. And he's a real likable guy. You know, the one that's got, got the tattoo and everything. Um, you just see yeah, that his... upset me. I wanted to see I wanted to see his death. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's and that's spoken like a true horror novelist. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, we wanted to see it too. You're but... gonna die for the cause, you need to get there. You go. Right? <laughs> exactly. Don't let me die in vain. But so, but you're when in the book, and just so you guys don't know, if you haven't read it, uh, in the book, uh, it's written very well, and and they show the death. The, the the death happens in your book, which I imagined it was in the original script too. Um, in the script, you just see the end with oh, him up on the wall, 
Same as the movie. Yeah. Oh wow. So they so they allowed you to actually write that scene. Well, I, I knew I needed when you're writing a, a 350 page novel from a 117 page script, and if you look mm-hmm. at the script pages, they are very sparse. You know, some dialogue. There's not a lot of text there. So I knew I'd have to add scenes. And for me, as a horror writer, that felt like an obvious scene to add. I mean, I wanted to see Dave go down. You know? that, I love it, man. You, I you, love it. I, mean, answered... I like the character, but I thought, well, we're, I'm missing an opportunity here. This is a perfect scene to add. Yeah. Yep. And in the scene when Michael's going through the town and slaughtering people, I dove in there, too, and made that a lot more graphic than it is. You did, so, yeah. Uh, you answered my question actually because my question was going to be like, did you was that in the script before at all, or did you add that in? Uh, and you know, obviously, you just answered. You added it in yourself. And the Dave death scene was really, really well written, man. That was good. I could picture it happen in my mind. It was a painful, painful death scene that he went yeah. through. And you actually painted the picture from us seeing Michael about to kill Dave to seeing Dave's dead body. Uh, you painted a really wicked picture in between there, and I appreciate it. As well as the uh, the hammer death scene on the tracking shot when he goes and she's making the sandwiches. Uh, that scene was painted really well in the book, man. I really felt for her in a way I didn't when I watched the movie. Yeah, that was a very visceral scene. I, I wanted to get into that from you know, her point of view, too. Yeah. yeah. And, man, I was going to ask you, like, uh, that actually uh, goes to my next question. Have you ever wrote something that, like, really just scared the shit out of you? <laughs> like, you're like, I cannot believe. Oh, my God. And, like, you have to, like, you know, I, I know that um, someone like Stephen King has actually said before that he's wrote scenes or things like that where he has to have a nightlight or, or, you know, asked to look under the bed and, and things like that. While writing this film, did you ever like, man, I, I like, I really am going really far here. Like, have you ever thought about like in the back of your mind? I don't know if this is going to, you know, be passed or they're going to allow this or anything like that. Uh, I wasn't too worried because I knew it's, it's going to pass the gatekeepers. So mm-hmm. if I did something that they didn't want, it's easy enough to cut it out. Right. But uh, I, I wanted to take things a little bit farther than they were in the script. And, and God bless know. you, sir. And God bless you for that. <laughs> I, did, so. I hadn't seen the movie, so I thought, well, maybe right. they're going to show more on screen than they're showing on the page. Mm. But I just wanted to jump in with both feet. And, That's it. Okay. Yeah. And do all that. But uh, I, there are times where characters kind of, their voices kind of take over. Mm-hmm. And I think, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that kind of didn't go where I think it was going to go. The character kind of took over. And I was doing uh, one of my original novels was kind of a haunting ghost murder mystery mashup. Mm -hmm. And while I was writing that, there were things that happened in the house that were freaking me out, Mm. like an oven vent turned on by itself. I was in my bedroom and I think my family had gone gone away, maybe to the shore for the weekend or something. Uh And I'm in the bedroom and the hall light turned off by itself. I'm moving out. Uh, yeah, there were like little weird <laughs> yeah. things happening uh, while I'm writing this thing about ghosts and haunting. So there are times where like reality kind of creeps into the fiction or vice versa. And uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's like a pile of clothes on a chair while you're sleeping and you look over and it looks like the devil himself is staring at you. And like, oh, my God, <laughs> I need hey, to. Yeah. Which shadow back there. <laughs> yeah. we, we were we were reviewing the Exorcist once or watching all the Exorcist movies. We do this thing called Man vs. Movie. We watch all the movies of a franchise in one sitting. Uh, and we're watching it, and we're making jokes about Pazazu, the demon, you know, Captain Howdy from Exorcist. And I swear to God, fucking Oreos came flying out of my cabinet and just like landed <laughs> on the floor. Double stuffed. <laughs> scared the shit out of us, man. It really did. And I don't even believe in that stuff. Scared us. But um, is, there, is there anything, like, if you could pick one thing, like the most standout thing in the original script that you read when you were doing 
when you were doing this book uh, that didn't make the screen uh, in the end? Uh, what what would that be? What would that one thing be that that really just never crossed over? Uh, in this script, I think, like I said, most of the stuff that was cut was a, a lot of the Allison stuff and Cameron. Like we never really s- see what happens to Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the stuff that I remember disappearing. There wasn't anything like earth shaking or I thought, why'd they cut that out? That was great. Mm-hmm. But I thought they did a lot of these little excisions just to build up the Laurie s- side of it. So I, I didn't know if... if uh, I haven't watched the deleted scenes from the Blu-ray, so I don't know how much of that you know people get to see or if it's canon. And forever, whoever wrote the book for the second movie, mm-hmm. I was wondering like, do they take into account the first novel, or they just look at the screen? That's a good question. Because I put stuff in, like I I took Michael's burning at the end a lot farther than the movie did yeah. because at the time I didn't know there was going to be a trilogy. I mm-hmm. thought this is it. Oh wow! So I okay, wanted give, I wanted to give the fans who read the book a little bit more of a definitive ending. So Michael's mask is like fusing to his flesh, to becoming a part of him. Oh, his shit. skin's burning. So I really wanted to step a, a few steps over the line into finality. So That's disgusting, and I love it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, That's awesome. When the second man. book comes out, I just wonder you know, they have to back off that, just ignore what I did, and just pick up whatever the movie is going to do. Yeah with him i don't know if he gets out immediately or he suffers any damage because i haven't seen it or or know anything secret about what's happening yeah that that was a bummer i was hoping to see i was hoping to see your name on the halloween because no no disrespect at all to to the guy who's going to end up writing it of course but yeah i was i was hoping to see your name on it and when i didn't i was like was that just the thing was that you or they just didn't contact you back about it or no i I heard they they wanted a new writer now i thought the book was well received Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and no problems with it. It was all approved. I was excited. I in my mind, I envisioned once I knew there was going to be a trilogy, I was imagining doing all three books, mm-hmm. uh, and I was I was pretty psyched to do that. And I so I was really disappointed that that they decided to go with the second person for the second book. I don't know if they'll do a third person for the third book. Maybe they'll come back to me for the third book. I don't know. Well, Is I there- don't. I don't was think, there, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say was I don't think – well, for, first off, the book was definitely well-received. I, I, everybody I know has loved it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, the only thing I could maybe think that the reason that they would do that uh, is I don't know – I'm pretty sure that no one's ever written two Halloween novelizations. And where they're be. pretty knee-deep in like the, the lore of this whole thing, I, maybe they just wanted to keep with that tradition. I don't know. But that's that's the only thing I could think when I saw that it wasn't you. But – you did a hell of a job with this one, man. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, man. Awesome. What I was going to say, what I was going to ask was, uh, you know, while playing around in uh, Michael Myers' world and, and you got familiar with it by going back and watching the original Halloween and then adapting the screenplay and writing this novel, uh, if you were to continue in this world of Michael Myers after your initial novel, uh, is there like, like what, what are some of the things that you would like to expand on or, or maybe go in a direction that they might not have thought of? Like if they were like, Hey, you know, you have free license, go and do whatever you want. Michael's alive. <laughs> you know, at this point, you know, his, his, you know, his mask is sealed to his fate or, you know, his face forever, but you can do whatever you want. What would you like to do? If you could, if you could do one thing or, or, or a couple of things, what would you like to do in that world? Well, I don't know if I have a wish list per se, but as long as Laurie's alive, Michael's alive, and they, they gotta come together, you know. Right. Be- so you would you would you want to explore that relationship more, I guess, and dive deeper into that. 
Yeah, because I thought maybe Laurie was going to die, but that would be mm-hmm. definitive. Because I don't know if Jamie Lee Curtis was wanted to keep doing this beyond, you know, the 2018 movie. Right. So I thought if if she definitively dies, which I'm assuming she does not, you know, for the right. whole movies, maybe yeah. she dies at the end of the second one. I don't know. Halloween kills. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I thought if if that happens, then you're going to have that passing of the torch, and then mm-hmm. Michael versus versus Allison is, would be the natural thing to do with that. Right. So, <clears throat> like I said, when I finished it, I thought that was the end. I mm-hmm. wasn't aware they were going to do because the movie wasn't out. I I think I was hired to do this either late March, early April, and it was due by the end of May. Okay. So I, I had about little over a month i think by the time i got the script it might have been the first week of april okay finish the whole book yeah you had to you had to move quick right so there there was a lot of time to mull over like things i would add and change and about about that script because in my head i'm thinking i have to write uh uh, what is their word count? Uh, Eighty thousand words, I think, is the goal. Jeez, uh, Louise, I couldn't want, I couldn't write eight eight thousand, <laughs> let alone eighty thousand. So word novel in about forty five days. You, oh, my God, sir! Like, <laughs> give this man a race. <laughs> so, like, so I set myself a daily page goal, and if you take a day off, then the next day you have to do twice as many pages. Oh, there you Two go. Days off, I mean, you got to do three times as many pages. A lot of self discipline for sure. Yeah, like, so yeah, with these books, even with the supernatural books, sixty days is a luxury. So. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what's the what's the one thing that you uh, like notice as the difference uh, since this was your first uh, adaptation of a screenplay into a novel versus doing Supernatural or, or Buffy the Vampire Slayer as they were TV shows? Uh, what was the number one difference that you can think of uh, related, you know, as far as the differences between doing those two di- different kind of novelizations? Well, the biggest thing for me is all the all the tie ins I've done have been original novels, original novel. OK, so, so, yeah. so I have to come up with a pitch. Right. And I usually want several pitches. And then they'll pick one or two and say, do whatever one you want, or they'll pick one out of the four. And then you have to do an outline. And then the outline has to get approved. It's usually like a seven, six, seven page outline, single spaced. And I would usually do about double that mm-hmm. and cut it back. So I'd have the longer version for me. I get them the seven page version. And I either get notes on that or I get approval on that. And then I go down the rabbit hole and write the novel. So okay. the nice thing about that is that I have this detailed outline, so I'm not going to have writer's block. I might be tired. Right. <laughs> I might not be in the mood to write, but I'm not going to not know what happens next. Because when I write my own novels, I'm not as disciplined about outlining. So okay. I'll write myself into a corner and not know where I'm going to go. With these, on such a tight deadline, you have the outline. There's no writer's block. And the nice thing about the movie novelization is that you're the best outline of all. You've got this 117-page script. Right. So you have so right. You have the bones. Don't need to worry about writer's block for that either. The story's all there, so it mm. takes away the burden of coming up with the story yourself. You know, you're using their characters, but creating a story. Here, you've got the characters and you've got the story. So I might have added some minor characters that aren't in the movie. I, I expand on scenes. I create some new scenes. You know, I, I kill Dave in more detail than they just show the end result. Right. <laughs> so it, it was a, a difference that way because the story's right there for you. And it got easier when I got that 35,000 picture archive because now. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. 
Now I know what people are wearing. I know what they look like. I can picture everyone in my head. I can picture what, you know, the bedroom looks like, what, what the house looks like. Yeah. It's a lot easier than trying to just imagine it from the script because they don't give a lot of details in the script. Okay. Yeah. Think. That makes sense. Really, that makes a lot of you know, sense. Middle-aged woman, 35. <laughs> that could be anybody. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, man, it's shocking to me because originally when we started coming up with questions for this interview, and by the way, uh, if you don't mind too, we'll take a couple questions from the chat. Uh, so if you guys in the chat, uh, if you're cool with that, want to go ahead and start throwing your questions in there. Um, we can throw out a couple of those. But I got to tell you, man, uh, one of my first question before I realized that you were working off the script uh, based on your website was, so did you, you got to watch the movie first, right? And then you did it. And the only reason I thought that is because like five, 10 chapters in, I was like, to me, this shit's dead on. I mean, like it was, I'm shocked. I'm shocked literally that you only have the script to work off, much less the, the pictures because it's called talent, sir. I know I don't have any, but I, when I'm watching the movie. Uh, like I said, I've seen the movie 20 times and I'm reading the book. I mean, it reads exactly the same as the movie does. So the fact that you hadn't seen the movie yet and you're nailing this stuff, uh, it's just, it's really impressive to me. I don't know. That's not even a question. I'm just impressed, sir. Yeah. I finished <laughs> the book. I finished the book before the end of May and I didn't see the movie until October. <laughs> didn't even see the trailer then by then. Cause I think the trailer's, uh, it's June, right? So it was June. Yeah. It was like no mid to late June whatsoever. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, that's, that's not always the case. I know some writers who've done movie novelizations where they've actually gotten flown out and see an early version of the movie, mm -hmm. and they take notes. I've oh man, that's like that's cheating though. <laughs> you, you had to go. You, you, you had to go in, man, straight on. You're like, hey, man, I didn't get to see the movie first. I had to go in. Like all my imagination is focused <laughs> in on this. <laughs> like, by the way, I was going to ask you really quick before we get to the chat questions. Um, uh, the other the novelizations that you've worked on, Supernatural, Buffy, and Angel. Out of those three, and I know this may be putting you on the spot, but I'm just going to ask, which one out of those three is your favorite to work on? Uh, my favorite novelization probably is Supernatural. Night Supernatural. Terror, the first one I did mm -hmm. because I hadn't written one in a while. And uh, I think it's been a while since I even wrote one of my own one of my own books. And I just remember being so incredibly happy writing that. And because of the type of villain supernatural villain i had in that yeah the, the doors were just off i could do anything i wanted you know i had nazi zombies giants <laughs> i had everything i could do you had everything yeah i was having a blast <laughs> so oh, that's awesome man that's cool stuff yeah and i regret that grim was canceled because i liked doing that and i would have oh yeah yeah grim yeah uh, I, I i swear i thought you were gonna say buffy <laughs> well, buffy is kind of i have a fondness for buffy because i remember when that show first started watching with my wife i had to convince her to watch it because we had seen the movie and weren't real thrilled about the movie oh, I, said, okay. oh I, heard, I heard this is good i heard this is good so we watched it and just like opening the door and getting to do that was really special and everybody knew who buffy was so right uh, back then i'd be doing a lot of book signings at mall bookstores which don't exist anymore <laughs> every, of course buffy opens the door because everybody has knows buffy or has heard of buffy so it's easier to start conversations with people so i do have a fondness for for that book i did as well i wanted to do more buffies i ended up doing two angels right uh, just the one buffy and part of it was timing because the shows were canceled you know at certain points but uh supernatural i, I really got to do a lot of those and, and have I you watched uh have you watched all the seasons or, or oh yeah or, oh yeah yeah all all live <laughs> i've been watching it <laughs> watching it since day one <laughs> that's awesome man that's great uh i years. 
Jeez, that's that. There's a lot to go off of there, man. Uh, and going from the chat, uh, Joshua Par- Joshua Parker asked, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this a little bit, but he said, um, "Did the book get a good reaction?" So, like, and I, I'd like to know about that too. When when you release a book like this and it comes out, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the book came out like right after the movie, like within a week or something like that. Yeah, I think it was a week. I think it was like the following Friday because I probably don't want to spoil the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I because I remember going to Barnes Noble and be like, "Hey, where's this book?" And they're like, "Oh, it's in the back. We'll go get you one." And I, you know, grabbed one, but. But um, what's what is it like, you know, writing this book and then you're waiting for the reaction? I know, like, you know, uh, directors and stuff, they're waiting for a variety for the review and stuff like that. But when you write this book, where does your reaction come from? And what was that day like for you waiting to see, see what people thought? Well, the, the only reactions I really get are when uh, like bloggers review it, like bloody disgusting and different things like that. And like I said, most of the reviews were you know really good. I thought it was all received. So I'm, I'm used to seeing things like that. Now with Halloween, it was kind of an order of magnitude larger in terms of uh, people's awareness of it, mm-hmm. you know, because movies are just, you know, more in the public consciousness than TV shows. Cause I'd meet a lot of people who never watched Buffy, but they heard of it. No. Uh, they thought Angel was touched by an angel. Just going from mm-hmm. Buffy to Angel, there was a drop off in awareness, like people who knew Buffy, but had never heard of Angel. Right. Oh, that, yeah, that, that'd be me. Yeah, I, I would be like, didn't they make a movie of Buffy? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> There's a yeah. series well, with Halloween. Everybody knows Halloween. It's right. been around so long, and there've been so many movies. So, it, it kind of like opens the doors all by itself. That makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Our buddy Mike White Jr. wants to know uh, if you could write for uh, any movie or TV show. What What's one movie or TV show you'd love to do an adaptation for? Uh. Things uh, like I was a Star Trek, the original series fan going back okay. to when I was a kid. I mean, I grew up with the show and I, I kind of understood the stories at deeper levels the older I got. Like when I was a young kid, I just you know liked the action. And then as you get older, you kind of understand the stories and then you kind of understand the social parallels. So I kind of grew up with that. And I always wanted to do like a Star Trek novelization. Uh, movies I'd love to do would be like an alien. An alien oh, novelization. man. And I see some of my writer friends get those jobs to do Alien. I think, oh, man, I'm so jealous. I would love to do that. John, I'm not going to lie. Uh, when you've been leaning back some time in your chair, I've noticed, like, your shirt. And I thought that was a Star Trek red shirt. Like, you know, like the guy that always thought. I was like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> That's great, though. I love it. But then I noticed it wasn't. <laughs> well, I was wearing a black shirt when I tested the connection. Yeah. And I found, like, I disappeared in the background. My head oh. was, like, floating ghost head. <laughs> So I just grabbed something with some were you a, were you a fan of the next generation? Did you like the next generation with Picard? Did you like that one at all? Uh, I liked uh, Next Generation seasons three through five. That's a uh, that that's uh, Locutus when when the, when the board came in. I think yeah, I'm getting really I'm getting really nerdy four, here. <laughs> three and four, okay. four, five. I don't remember. But yeah. I thought it got off to a slow start. Like if it got off to that kind of start today, I think it would have been canceled. Oh yeah, it would have been. A while yeah, absolutely. And then the last few years, I wasn't as thrilled with. But the season three through five, they're the ones I bought on Blu-ray. I'm just going to write in my book about 25 points of extra coolness because of the <laughs> Star Trek thing. <laughs> like, that's cool, man. I love it. I'm a big genre fan, all, all different kinds of genre. And if there's a genre show coming on TV, uh, I'm there you know, day one checking it out to see if it's something I want to watch. I was just watching uh, Jupiter's Legacy with my son before this. Oh, was it good? The first, the first episode. Good? Yeah, I liked it. Okay. Yeah, we watched yeah. Invincible together. 
Oh man, there you go. We, oh, just we just binged Invincible with a guy uh, from pretty much it. It's another YouTube channel. Uh, we sat down in one day and we watched all eight episodes and did commentaries for it. N- had no idea what Invincible was at all, right? So I we sat either. down. Yeah, and then like so did good. the end of the first episode when Omni Man flies in there. Right? Did that blow your fucking mind or what? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, Holy great. hell. What the- <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like that. That's cool, man. Uh, hey, man, we'll let you go. I, I, I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, where can uh, where can people find your work? Is there a central place? And I'll make sure when we put out the 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 extra video to this, I'll put a link to the website. Um, uh, what yeah, do you got going website. on now? Yeah, I have my website. And uh, you're going to have a hard time finding my books in print in stores these days. A lot of the tie-in sections have been cut back. Mm-hmm. Even my second Angel novel, the show was canceled before my second novel actually came out. And a lot of stories oh, wow. didn't even order it. Uh, they feel like once the show's not on the air, no one's going to care about the stories. Right. When people post pictures from Barnes and Nobles around the pl- around the country, there's always like one copy of Halloween on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah. My, my foot in the store is like Halloween. There you hey, go, man. They, they everything's, everything's an ebook, you know, online. You can get stuff on mm-hmm. ebook. Yeah. A lot easier but- to find that stuff. Well, on your website, I did see that you do you have copies of Halloween that they can get from your website that and you get signed copies, by the way. And we're gonna be buying a few of those ourselves and we're gonna be sending them to some of the people that, that share the video Definitely. tonight in the chat. Uh but uh guys if they already own a copy, they can mail them to me and I'll sign it and send it back. Hey, wow, there, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. Just uh, and return mail. <laughs> yeah, and I see that that's awesome, man. So we'll put a link to your site where you can find all your work, all the stuff that you can still get, the Halloween Kills novel and autographs, or if you have it, you can send him one there. Uh, it's the uh, your own website that you do because you also do web design, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll put a link down there for you guys. Make sure you guys go get that. Uh, support John. John, thank you so much for taking hey, the man. time tonight, man. It's it was amazing. What are you going to do on October 31st? What are you going to do on October 31st? Here comes that white-faced fucker, an asshole like no other. He's a big old piece of shit. Wants to stab your sister's tits, cause he's a white-faced fucker. Loomis can't recover. Dr. Challenge drunk again, sleeping with your sister's friends. Do you wanna know about the darkness? I said God damn. I said God damn. A lot of people don't know the darkness that goes inside their hearts. I said God What are you gonna do on October 31st?